Welcome to the Living Against the Grain podcast. My name is Dan. I'm joined with my co-host, Levi. And we're here to encourage you to live against the grain, live against the ways of this world. And today, Levi, how are we going to encourage our listeners to do so? Yeah. So, hello, everyone. Um, I'm glad to have you guys again for another episode. I pray the peace of God has been with you all lately. So for today's episode, what we're doing is we're actually beginning a new series and we'll probably figure out a name for what we're going to officially title the series. But I'd say for now, we can call it God's Attributes. And what we're going to do is we're going to sort of dedicate an episode to a certain attribute of God and sort of break it down, see how it relates to us, how it applies to us, how it affects us and how it's so significant and how that aspect of God is valuable and important to know and how valuable and important it is in our lives. And for today, the attribute that we are going to be discussing is God's grace. And for God's grace, something important that I would like to mention before we kind of get into all of this is during the first mention of this attribute that um, was going on or during the first mention or during the first revelation of this attribute of God it was actually during a time where it was not it was not commonly held by other religions and so this ethic or this belief in God being a God of grace was actually unheard of and what we're gonna try to do is we're actually going to try to mention how from the time that this was first mentioned thousands of years ago it's actually the same now it's still a concept that's unheard of it's still a concept that people scratch their heads and see as how is this even possible And the reason why this is kind of the first thing that we'd like to mention is because no matter the time or place that this was mentioned, it's still such a hard concept for people to grasp because it's such a big deal. And it's so unique to who we believe God is that it should serve as um, a motivation and it should serve as something that amazes us and gives us gratitude and humility and love towards God that we serve a God who has this attribute because there are others there are other people who have different beliefs about God and it's in a, it's a complete misunderstanding of the type of God that we actually serve yeah yeah and i guess some of the things as we grasp grace of what grace really looks like is just understanding that we need grace that this grace from God is the greatest gift uh, you'll ever receive and and for for myself I know probably for Levi and, and for many others as well when you understand that you we've been given grace by God it's the most transformative thing that happens within your life when you have that full understanding so we're gonna dive in all those different kinds of aspects and uh, that's what we're gonna look at yeah so I think What's very important is that a lot of a lot of times there is a misunderstanding of of grace and just like how 
previously I had mentioned that the grace of God is something that has been a problem for humans to kind of grasp and understand and something that we've been scratching our heads at is actually a barrier that kind of gets us to understand who God really is and that's sort of the first thing that we're going to bring up and that is four I would say topics or four things that people come to misunderstand in regards to grace and sort of serves as a barrier to serve sort of serves as a barrier and is something that people kind of don't completely understand and the first one is actually the the understanding that we have of ourselves and the reason why i say that is because grace is something that that is extended to us i'm kind of getting ahead of myself here but us understanding the need for grace gives us a better understanding of what grace is because it's something that we don't deserve and it's something that's given to us by someone who doesn't even need to provide whatever it is he or she is providing and so the reason why i say the first thing is it's sort of a misunderstanding of ourselves is because nowadays in humanity a lot of people or a lot of us think that we're we're good and what i mean by that is there's there's so many things that we've done we gave change to somebody who needed it or we created skyscrapers where so many people can live in one place we've built communities we've built cities we've just done we've made so many achievements that were sort of good on our own and we seem to forget all of the things that we've done all of the mistakes that we've made all of the decisions that we decided to commit without involving god just rejecting him and going about life in our own way and yeah i think a common thing is there's a great entitlement yeah for, that's the best way to put it for uh, in our culture right the, even from exactly the technological boom to the uh even going to your gender or your race there's an entitlement this idea of this great entitlement that uh people have over their lives when really what we're going to talk about is that we are all walking in things that are of that we've walked in things that are wrong i don't think if you talk to the average person they're going to say my life is is perfect but they're, they're going to have a level of things where they could probably adjust on and, and things like that as well right um the the truth that we're going to really bring out though is that every single person has things that we need to adjust in our lives according to uh, what the scripture says, what the Bible says about us, right? And that's where the grace factor comes in, but yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing also is this idea that people think they are good people, right? This idea that by ourselves, we're just, we're, we're already good. And that because naturally humans are good people, all we need to do is kind of go about lives in our own way and we can naturally just do good things good things will come of us whatever sort of we touch becomes good every now and then maybe yeah we'll make mistakes but you know for the most part we're we're good and we don't really have to worry about our our decisions and the consequences of our decisions because yeah if we put each other on balance we're pretty good people but what we're here to say is 
we're, that's sadly not the case. And it's pretty evident in all of the atrocities humanity has committed. I don't even, I don't even need to go into the past. We don't even need to delve in the past to, to prove this point. We'll just look at what's going on in the world today. And I think we can all agree or I can sit down and have this conversation with anybody. There, we can only be good if we look at the only one who is good, and that is God. And so we need to be saved from our own decisions. We need to be saved from ourselves because the decisions that we make are we make terrible decisions. And we look at the state of this world and we're not we're not the best gardeners of the earth is is the best way that I'll put it and we're not the best caretakers of each other even so even on the individual level if you are honest with yourself and you look within you're going to find atrocities in your life and and maybe that's an extreme but you're going to find things that aren't of that aren't good right and if you're really honest with yourself and we're not just saying you that are listening today we're saying we are the same as well and uh, so that kind of encompasses um, a, a, a picture of why we need grace. Yeah. And that sort of leads us to the second point or the second point of misunderstanding. And it's this idea of the justice of God or the retribution of God. And what I sort of mean by that is a lot of us have or a lot of people have this idea that somehow some way for some reason with all the things that are going on now in regards to how god feels about it if we just simply say or not if we simply say or we simply think that god's just gonna look look away and just act like all of the things that we're doing all of the mistakes that we're committing are just gonna go unnoticed now I can understand why some people think that because they see all of the things that are going on and God doesn't do anything about it. But not doing anything in the moment does not mean that you're not going to be judged for it. And I can even give an example. Countless times have I done something wrong in my own home when I was a child thinking my mom and my dad, yeah, they're not going to do anything because if they were right there to see what I did wrong. And if they were going to do anything, they were going to do anything right then and there. But lo and behold i go into my room i and i think i'm safe but just when i think i'm safe guess who opens the door and comes in like you thought i forgot what you did and you i pay the price i pay the penalty for what i did so there there is judgment and our actions have consequences and that's where grace comes in grace comes in as a saving as a saving grace that's one of the that's one of the kinds of grace there is a saving grace and saving grace is a grace that saves us from ourselves a grace that saves us from the things that we've done so a lot of people seem to forget that god does not hold us accountable for our actions and that just because we gloss over somebody's actions god is going to do the same thing as well just because we put up with atrocities god's going to do the same thing just because we let people get away with certain stuff that means that god's going to be okay with it a lot of the things that are going on now certain people can be okay with it 
right? Certain countries can let their people do whatever they want. That does not mean God is going to allow that to happen as well. Just because the world views something a certain way, just because the world does something following a certain set of rules or following a certain set of patterns, it doesn't mean that God is going to do the same thing. The only difference is God out of out of free will allows us to have the decisions, allows us to make our decisions. And that's a whole other story, the reason why that is the case. But there is grace, as in that's also paired up with the justice of God. And some people seem to misunderstand the justice of God and that affects the grace of God because if there is no justice of God, then you're going to misunderstand the value of grace. Right. Because if you know all of these things that you've did and all of the consequences that you've made, when you see grace, you see grace in a higher light because you look at all the things you've done and you say, my Lord, my God, it's such an amazing thing for me to receive this grace because I've understood all of the things that I've done. I've understood all of the things that the world has done. So for you to extend a gracious hand, it means so much and it's so valuable. Yeah, that's super, that's super important for, for every one of us to understand. And uh, when, when Levi was talking about the pairing of, of grace and, and the justice of God, um, just to add to that, is it's, it's God's desire for, for us to receive that grace. That's his desire. It's not for his desire for everyone to be, be shamed away from it or anything like that. No, 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 no. That's not what the desire of God's heart is. And uh, I think that's a, a beautiful picture of when you really understand that, that value of grace. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. And to add to that, I think what's, again, maybe I have said this already, but if not, that's good. And if I did, even even better because I can say it again and it, you guys can sort of take this really take this home with you and it's this idea that again God does not need to extend a gracious hand there is we're gonna get into this attribute uh, God willing later as well but it's mercy and love grace contains mercy and love but there's mm. also this other aspect of God that I already I had already mentioned and it's justice if God had wanted, he could have just made our relationship uh, a sort of legal relationship where, okay, you do this wrong, this happens to you. Or you do this right, this happens to you. And it's, and it's a measure of justice. And whether you live up to this measure of justice, you, certain things happen. Or if you don't measure up to justice, certain things happen. This isn't to say there's no consequences for your actions. I promise you. I promise you, there is consequences for your actions. But this, this grace that we're talking about is in regards to salvation. It's in regards to forgiveness of sins. And we'll sort of get into how grace applies to that. But it's, it's important to understand how grace and justice, how, how it pairs so beautifully because... A misunderstanding of one will lead to you not understanding the value of a, God is not gonna do this to me like I what did I what did I do God is God is good and yes God is good but because God is good nothing bad can happen to me and somehow what we do is we manipulate God's freedom or the ability for God to do whatever he wants and can into something where we kind of place him into a corner and say but that would never happen to me 
And that sort of goes back to one of the points earlier where we said we think we're good enough or we have this sense of entitlement where we're not do any any actions or do any punishment for some of the things that we might have done. Yeah, especially with the idea that we have that, you know, some of the actions that we do, they're not hurting anyone else, right? They're not affecting anyone else negatively. Why would I have to pay a consequence for those actions if they are opposite of what God teaches us, right? And I think I think that's part of the entitlement that uh, our culture has. Yeah. I think with those four points getting across, I think we can kind of begin to describe grace. And before before doing that, understand like when you say God doesn't need to extend His hand, is is really sharing what we deserve without God's hand, mm-hmm. right? What is the justice that we deserve that that even though we deserve it, He wants to extend His hand for us to pay that for us, right? That's good. I, a good way of putting it is the transition from being a condemned criminal to someone who all of a sudden has the greatest inheritance possible. Yeah. And you could simply ask me why. Like why why would God give you that transition? And it's love. It's because God himself, again out of not out of necessity but out of love, sees us, sees the mistakes that we've made and says, "What can I do for this person who's a condemned criminal to become someone that can have a genuine pure loving relationship with me?" Mm. Period. And that's grace. And that's the reason why. And it's it's mind-boggling how the same person that you thought you owed so much to is the one that ends up saving you in the process. Not earned or deserved, but... Mm. That's good. Inherited. Yeah. That's really good. And I think the purpose is the next thing to to explain because we explained why you go from a condemned criminal to one of an inheritance, but it's also for it also explains for what as well. Because you can say, what is the inheritance? Right? And what is the condemned criminal? And that's actually the two, the two things. And the condemned criminal is saved from sin. And so the first thing that, one of the things that grace does is it serves as an atonement for sins. And... What I mean by that is Christianity provides atonement for the mistakes that you've made. And it provides an atonement for all people, past, present, and future. One atonement, one act for all people forever. And Christianity is the only religion that provides an actual evident 
factual atonement for sins. Some say there's no need for atonement for sins. But the problem with that is if you made a mistake, if I am a convicted criminal and I'm sentenced and, if, and I'm due sentence and I'm due punishment for my actions, what do you mean there is no atonement? Every action has a consequence. Everybody likes to say, you know, when you do good, good comes back to you. But a lot of people forget if good is rewarded, bad is punished. And so the same things that we give credit for good, we also have to give credit for bad. And so if we all admit we're not perfect people, then how or what can we do to serve as an atonement for the mistakes that we've made? And like I said previously, the desire to have your mistakes covered up is not enough. Because, you know, God willing, maybe when you listeners become parents, if your child does something wrong, or not even if you're a parent, if somebody does something wrong to you, and they simply ask for forgiveness, and they simply say, oh, please, I, I wouldn't like to be punished for my actions. You know you're in the right if you did punish somebody. But you forgiving someone, what ends up happening? The one who forgives you, or when you're forgiven, you don't take that lightly. You understand, oh, you didn't need to do that. Why is that? Why do we value forgiveness? If forgiveness was something that was owed to everybody, then, okay, then yeah, you can say to me, there's no need for atonement. But a lot of people value forgiveness. A lot of people value somebody not holding against you the mistakes that you've made. And why is that? It's because, again, mistakes are due for punishment. So this idea of atonement is, is logical. It's logical for there to be a punishment for actions, but it's mind-boggling that the one that we all owe is the one that wipes the slate clean based off of the atonement that was given. And that atonement that we have, that atonement that everybody's been given, is the crucifixion, the death and resurrection of Christ. And that covers the sins of the past, the present, and the future. And what's required of us is an understanding that we've made these mistakes. A lot of us know we've made these mistakes. But what God requires of us is just the belief that we have a forgiveness of sins. It just requires a genuine belief. To genuinely believe God has done this for you. A genuine belief that you would like to have your ways changed. You would like to have your mistakes atoned for. It's not anything... And I'm not sitting here just talking about how easy it is. I'm saying on, on paper, on a balance, what's required of us, the hard part was done. The impossible part was covered. Mm -hmm. God did that part for us. What we need to do is to the best of our ability, love God enough to where we try our best to follow Him and to believe in what He's done for us.
I just want to keep driving home. We've made mistakes. We need forgiveness of sins. We need forgiveness of the mistakes that we've made. But we have that in what Jesus Christ did. It's just a matter of belief in what he did. And it's a matter of belief in that we need that forgiveness. And we can all, I genuinely believe all of us can think of a moment where we've done something wrong. And we can sort of relate that into tying who we did that wrong to, to God and saying, okay, I understand I made a mistake, right? I understand I did something wrong. And I understand that based off of that, for me to have a relationship with God, which he's opened the door for, I have to acknowledge I made mistakes, but I also have to acknowledge that I, there's, I'm owed punishment for my actions. Yes, I'm also owed good for the things that I've done, but more importantly, I'm owed something based off of the wrong that I did. And there's no need to be afraid of that. There's no need to have fear. My goodness, I have all of these things that I've done because Christ has given to us, God has given to us all that we need to be protected from, from all of these things that we need to be afraid of. It's just a matter of acceptance. And that leads us to the next thing, which I'm not sure. Maybe, I think so. I might have done enough. I might not have done good enough. But based off of the work that Christ has done, there is certainty. So it's never what is key in going to heaven if that is what you serve, if that is truly what you believe in, it will not let you down. But if everything is based off of your works, if everything is based off of your deeds and what you've done, there's no certainty. There's always certainty in the things that God has done, but there is not certainty in the things that you may have done. So that's what makes Christianity unique in grace and the gift that grace provides in its forgiveness of sins and its uh, gift of salvation. For myself that I, 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 we talked about the word qualified and how in one sense, I don't qualify for grace because I can't, you know, earn it on my own. But in the, in another sense, I am qualified because Christ has made me qualified, right? He loves me so much. He loves you so much that he wants to see you. Like I said earlier in the, in the episode that his desire is to see you one day in heaven with him and, and along the way, have a loving relationship with him. Um, you look to, I always like to look to the, the, the story of the cross when, when Jesus is being crucified. I shared this maybe a couple Sundays ago. Uh, there was two thieves that were being crucified with Jesus. One thief said to him, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to be the son of God. You're supposed to be God Almighty. Take us all out of here. Get us all out of here. Do what you got to do to get us out of here. And, and then there's the other thief on the other side of Jesus. And he said, no, no, you and I, we're thieves. We deserve to be here. We're crooks. We're bad. We, we, we've done 
what is qualified to be on this cross. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus. He's the King of kings, Lord of lords. He does not deserve to be on this cross. He has no qualifications to be up here. And, 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 and Jesus then shares with the, the one who believed in him, saying that, you know, one day when this is done, you are going to be with me in the kingdom of heaven. And I think that's the just beautiful picture of the grace of God, that, that, that this, 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 this crook, this thief who has never prayed that salvation prayer that you may have heard in church before, you, he's never uh, taken communion or he's never been baptized before, uh, he's, he's, he's probably uh, never studied the scriptures even, right? He, he, he's, he, he has nothing to do with all of it. But uh, as Levi was sharing from the, very, from, from the get-go is that it's those who believe in God as Lord and Savior uh, that you're going to join them in heaven. And, uh, and, and we, we can all celebrate there one day. And, and, and when you get this idea, this, this grace that we don't deserve, but yet is extended to us, it's, it's, the, it's the choice that we get to make of, of receiving it and, and having it be a transformative thing in our lives. It's, it's totally transformed. I won't speak for anyone else that has received the grace of God, but it's totally transformed who I am. Everything I do in this life, everything I do, I want it to be an honoring uh, I want it to be honoring to God. I want it to glorify His name. I want it to lift up others to find out that, hey, I'm doing this because this is my source, because this is the, the greatest gift you can ever receive. And uh, He does it because He loves me. It's something I should never have deserved. I should never have um, um, received. And yet, because He loves me, even though I've had uh, a very checkered past myself, He still extended that gift for me. And he'll do it for you as well. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect example, the perfect historical example of the illustration that I gave. This man was a convicted criminal, like I had previously mentioned. Going from a convicted criminal to someone who has an eternal inheritance. Mm -hmm. This man was a convicted criminal in his dying moments. He only had a... Not that long left to live, maybe a few hours left to live. And of course, we don't know his past. We don't know the things that he did. But all we know is he was a dying man on a cross, hung on a cross for something that he did, for something that he did wrong. So he was a convicted criminal. He, he's, he's dying. And he went from a man in his dying moments to someone with an eternal inheritance that's waiting for him. And it came from a belief. It started from a belief and an acknowledgement of who Jesus is. It didn't take anything. It, it, it's like Pastor Dan said, it didn't take anything. It didn't take any rituals it didn't take any special actions that he had to do to convince God, look at me, I'm a good person. It didn't take some sort of... It didn't take any of the things that we as people think it takes for us to normally go to heaven. It doesn't take those things. A lot of us think that, again, it's in our hands. Somehow we can manipulate God's hand into saying, look at all the good things that I've done. All it takes is one bad action for you to have a stain on your record. Yeah. God's 
justice is a is is a justice of perfection. There's no room for error. There's no room. You mess up once, it's a permanent stain. You're convicted, you're a criminal. But all it took at the same time, even though it took one act for us to be seen as failures in the justice of God, all it took was one action on God's behalf to save us from a lifetime of sin. And, and you don't have to wait till you hit rock bottom to make that decision. This, the thief on the cross dying, hours left to live, that's as rock bottom as you're going to get, right? You don't have to wait that long to make that decision, right? If, if maybe you're tuning in today and you're listening, like you can make that decision this very day, that, that, that you choose Christ, that you choose to believe in him because uh, may, maybe for this very reason that you're listening to this podcast uh, uh, at this very time, Maybe that's God's uh, uh, extension and invitation uh, to you. Maybe it's through us that, that this invitation is, is, is given to you. And, and, and I challenge you, I urge you, make that decision today. Because it, it was the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. I'm sure Levi would also say the same. It's the greatest decision he's ever made in his life. It is. It is. And it's... Yeah, the reason why I'm at a loss for words is because of how much, how thankful I am. Of to God to to have me realize how valuable of a decision and how good of a decision it was because again this is an eternal decision this is a decision that sets you up for the rest of your life and past this life of course all a lot of us seek to find the answers of what comes after after this life and the answer to that decision lies in the belief in what Christ has done for you. That's where we lock in our salvation. That's where eternal life is given to us, where paradise is given. What that man on the cross, I can just imagine being that man on the cross, hours left to live, and I say, and I say what that man said to Christ, and Christ says to me, you shall be with me in paradise. Life is, life is complete. Life is, it's, you, he's, he doesn't have to worry anymore. He, because what is, what is there to worry about? TikTok, Instagram, our full episodes are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you want to listen to your podcast. But we encourage you to watch on YouTube and uh, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. One thing you can do to be a part of the Living Against the Green team is Share it. Share it with your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your neighbors that maybe want to learn a little bit about what living against the grain uh, in 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 uh, as as Christ followers looks like. If they want to learn about what Christianity and and what that looks like is about, hey, share our podcast with them and uh, know that we can have open discourse with with anybody. We'd love to, and we'd love to encourage you and support you. Amen. Bye. Three, two.